welcome to Generation Ag, a podcast for the future of agriculture. I'm Kayla. And I'm Lavinia. And we're a couple of young Aggies passionate about celebrating our industry and sharing the stories of people who work in it. Hello and welcome back to Generation Ag. It is Kayla here today coming at you after a very, very busy week last week in Canberra. I was at the National Farmers Federation conference last week. It was massive. We had the election of the new leader for our agricultural industry in David Johinke, replacing, of course, the wonderful Fiona Simpson, who has just finished up seven years at the helm of our peak industry body so a massive massive week in agriculture and of course a massive congratulations and best of luck to dj who is our new national farmers federation president we're all very excited to see um how dj steps into this role he's a very very passionate farmer so we have got another great advocate um in our in our president but it's still a couple of busy weeks coming up as well. And I wanted to bring to your attention, if you hadn't clocked it already, National Ag Day is coming up on the 17th of November. Uh, it is a wonderful day for us all to celebrate our fantastic agriculture industry and our farmers. Absolutely. If you are doing something to celebrate National Ag Day, maybe if you're uh, part of a corporate, you're having a morning tea or you're hosting a local event on the day, be sure to register that event with National Ag Day because um, you can actually be sent a pretty cool merch pack with some goodies and things to help celebrate. And also we get a good handle on how many uh, people are celebrating around the country on Ag Day. Uh, likewise, if you want to buy an I Love Farmers shirt, you can do that on the Ag Day website as well. I've got a black one. I love it. Uh, the theme of this year is Grow You Good Thing. So um, go and grab something. There's also bumper stickers and all sorts of stuff. So um, jump online and be sure to order nice and early ahead of November 17th, which is going to be here <laughs> so so quickly in fact i think it's only going to be what two and a half weeks away from when this uh, podcast recording is released so there you go there is your gentle nudge moving right into introducing today's guest i'm very delighted to introduce to you meg tate uh nee she only got married a couple of weeks ago so congratulations meg uh, Meg was born and raised in Emerald on a cropping and livestock operation. Upon graduating high school, Meg went on to complete her Bachelor of Agriculture, where she majored in crop science and agribusiness at Central Queensland University. Prior to her most recent role in agricultural workforce, she was an agronomist working across the Central Highlands region. In her time as an agricultural workforce officer, Meg had a strong focus on the agricultural education and training. Her passion led her to play a key role in the development of the LEAD Ag program, where she coordinated the pilot program in 2022, moving on to expanding that program in 2023. It is a fantastic program. Um, lots of you would have heard the episode we did with Chloe a couple of weeks ago from Hay Inc. Um, you've potentially heard about Hay Inc. Uh, rural Education Program before. LEAD Ag, uh, I suppose, has adopted that model for central Queensland, and it's absolutely fantastic to see it going gangbusters up there as well. Um, as we discuss in this episode, Meg and I 
um, there is really high demand for from young people to come and get some hands-on experience in these short samplers um, that these programs offer. But Meg has actually recently moved to Gundawindi with her husband, where she will continue to work in the agriculture industry. She is in the midst of a transition at the moment, but I did want to get her on just to chat about the Lead Ag program because I think it is so, so, so fantastic. So without further ado, here's Meg. All right. Well, Meg, welcome to the Generation Ag podcast. How are you today? Good, thanks, Kayla. How are you? I am very, very well. What has your week been like this week? Oh, it's been a pretty quiet one, actually. We, My husband and I have recently moved to Gundawindi after a very long stint in Emerald, which is actually where I was born and raised. So, uh, yeah, we're on an exciting new adventure, which is, yeah, brings its own challenges and yeah. I guess, yeah. Yeah, great. And what is the weather like in Gundy at the moment? It is very bizarre. At the moment, it is semi-warm but we've had days as high as 40 and then days as high as 24 like it's so variable it's yeah trying all to, to get your head around yeah all over the shop <laughs> yeah. well um meg the first place we always like to start is for you to explain to us who are you and what is your connection to agriculture yeah so my name is meg tate and i grew up on a mixed cattle and cropping operation in emerald central queensland so we produce crops um such as cotton uh, sorghum, corn, chickpeas, wheat, barley, all of the above, and also produce wagyu cattle. So that's really my tie to ag. And then uh, in school, I realised that I really loved the industry as well. So I went on to study my Bachelor of Ag at CQU and from there went on to do um, work as a crop consultant uh, in Emerald and then moved on to a non-for-profit named, uh, called Chirrup. We're going to talk about all of this in much more detail, but let's circle back to the family uh, and growing up in Emerald. What was that like? Oh, I loved it. Emerald's a beautiful little town. Uh, We had a very, it was a very close-knit community when I was a lot younger. Um, Like as all farming communities are, you all have your, uh, I guess, social circles. And a lot of our social circles were with other farming families, which was really lovely to grow up around. Um, yeah, went to school there, uh, primary school and high school. I'm the youngest of four daughters. Uh, my dad was born in Emerald and so was my pop, so I'm fourth generation um, in Emerald. So, yeah, got a long, long-standing, I guess, presence in the Emerald community. And being one of four girls, were you all um, involved with the farm or not so interested in it? What was it like when you were younger? I think um, that is a common perception is that we weren't too involved, but it's actually the total opposite because we got a lot of, oh, Mike was always trying for a boy um, and always wanted to have a boy. But I think because that was always the comments around it, we always pretty much get up and go and wanted to be involved as as involved as we could be and prove people wrong, I guess, <laughs> which is probably a bit cheeky. But, um, you know, so we're all very involved in the day-to-day of the property as much as we could, especially being the youngest. I think the, um, my older sisters had all moved away and gone to uni or um, gotten jobs in other areas. And so I was dad's little right-hand um, wing woman for a little while. That's awesome. And what do you think were like your most favourite things to do with your dad? Uh, certainly riding horses. So that was our um, morning and afternoon activity was riding together, um, but also being on an irrigation farm. We did a lot of irrigating um, 
and yeah, just crop management in general, which is, I think, I think that was why um, sparked my interest around the agronomy side of things. Cause I found the cropping side just so interesting and there's, it seems so simple. Um, but the moment you start really looking into it is actually, yeah, so much that goes into actually making the, the, the crop successful. And you've just left Emerald. <laughs> How was that for you? Yeah, it's been an interesting change. I think Gundawindi is such a beautiful community. We've only been here for four weeks, but I already feel like home. Um, I think there's a lot of similarities between Emerald and Gundy. So, yeah, it's just that small farming type community. So it doesn't really feel that different to home, except for the fact I'm nine hours away from family. So that's a bit of a um, yeah an adjustment to get used to. But, yeah, it's really beautiful. I love it. And so let's talk about, um, it sounds like you were pretty interested in agriculture all the way through school. Was there ever a point where, you know, um, ag wasn't going to be the f- career you were pursuing or has that just always been the case? It actually was, there was a stage, it was in year 10 when you go through your subject selection. My school suggested not going down the ag pathway because there wasn't any career prospects in it I guess is what their point of view was so really when I was getting ready for my subject selection I was looking more towards accounting and business which is just so not me at all um so it was yeah it wasn't actually until the end of year 12 where I was trying to make those career decisions where it's wild that they force 17 year olds into making life decisions like that but um yeah I started looking around and thinking I'm not in, I'm like business majors don't interest me accounting isn't my thing um yeah so I looked into the Emerald Ag College was still open at that stage and they were offering um a diploma and bachelor mix and then so I considered their Gatton and Armadale um but yeah it wasn't until year 12 when I was making like forced to make a decision that I really figured well I love ag I grew up in it and I want to pursue it as a career so Love that. And what was the choice you ultimately made in terms of a study pathway? So I ended up doing a Bachelor of Ag, which in my mind is kind of like a Bachelor of Business. It's very broad and um, you can do many things from that. Um, So, yeah, I did a Bachelor of Ag uh, with majoring in crop science and um, agribusiness at CQU. And so that allowed me to stay based in Emerald and work um, throughout my degree and also on uni holidays in the industry, which definitely did give me um, a bit of a, I think, step up when it came to actually s- selecting my career pathway because I could do a lot of work experience and figure out what I was actually interested in, which really helped. Where were you based at the time? Uh, yes, yeah, so I was always based in Emerald. So funnily enough, four weeks ago was the first time I actually left Emerald, um, which, yeah, is probably part of the adjustment thing, being a bit um, hard to adjust to. But, yeah, so throughout my whole degree, I was um, able to be based in Emerald because of the Ag College. Um, yes, all of our lectures were, well, some, some were in person, but most were online. And sadly, the Ag College isn't there anymore, which sucks. So um, lucky for you that you got to experience that in a time when it was it was still around. Um, you did crop science as a major it sounds like maybe agronomy was kind of something you had in your head as the direction you were going to take. Uh, uh, is that correct, first of all? And then second, um, how has that shifted since? Yeah, so I think growing up on a uh, cropping 
farm, it was always something I, um, yeah, had a lot of interest in. And I think it's something when you're part of a cropping, uh, part of a farming family, you look at how can you integrate into the business essentially. So one way I saw was I could go and attain those skills and um, eventually use them on farm. Uh, so yeah, I did that for a few years. Really loved the work, um, and then got to a stage where I decided I wanted to try something different because, yeah, agronomy can be quite um, uh, gruelling and it's a lot of hours of driving and a lot of hours in fields. So, um, yeah, I wanted to try something new and, uh, I guess, take a risk. And so, yeah, I moved over to Chirrup, which is a non-for-profit organisation based in Emerald. Um, It had been around for 21 years at the time of me joining the team. It's a very small team and they all work on various different projects that um, I guess are essential for the um, agricultural community. Chirp's pretty unique, I think, um, in terms of a national agricultural landscape. It's pretty unique in that you have that for that particular area around Emerald there. Could you just deep dive a little bit on some of the work that um, Chirp uh, does for those who are unfamiliar um, and also noting of course you've actually just left to move to Gundawindi but I know you're still definitely very connected and you've you've been passionate about your work with them whilst you were there so um, would you be happy to share some of those projects? Yeah of course so um, I really love Ch- working at Cherup and I really love the work that they, they do there so I guess the unique thing about Cherup is that we are um, we're not we weren't tied to any um I guess, large bodies. So we could really attack the concerns that were um, present in the agricultural community. So one of them, um, which I guess we'll touch on later, is ag training. Uh, But the other things that Chirrup does is a lot of um, natural resource planning and management, um, farm mapping. They've got a program, Safe Station, which is a workplace health and safety system. They're starting to move into the business side of things with Smart Station, which is all around like HR, um and yeah I guess really just advancing rural communities is their tagline and so I guess it's a way of um yeah identifying the issues that the rural communities are are facing and developing programs and projects that address those. It's actually really cool and I encourage anyone to go and have a little look at the website for Chirrup because um, there's some really fantastic work coming out of there. And, the, and the model in that it's community owned and you guys, yeah, not for profit, small team, really being responsive to what your local area needs I think is is so cool. So um, it's C-H-R-R-U-P for the listeners. Um, do go and check it out. Um, I will stumble over the full the full version of what the acronym means. But, yeah, C-H-R-R-U-P if you want to go and check it out. Um, but you did point to some of the workforce stuff that you particularly, Meg, were involved in. Yeah. Um, chat to us about, uh, first of all, the LEAD Ag program because I think that's absolutely amazing. Yeah, sure. So um, I was actually the Ag Workforce Officer in Europe. So the Ag Workforce Officers, are seven of that was seven of us based across all of Queensland, uh, and we worked to attract, train and retain the workforce for agriculture. So Lead Ag, it was actually when I started at Europe on my very first day was the very first meeting of Lead Ag, and back then it didn't have a name. It was just an ag education program that we are trying to develop the concept of. So there is a program in Hay, New South Wales, called Hay Inc., and it's a fantastic program where it's basically 
mentor led training. You go on farm that you, they bring students on farm. The training's all done by the producers themselves, who are the ones that do it day in and day out. Uh, so yeah, we really loved that concept and that layout. And I guess the best thing about it is it's not um, set around any big lumpy assets such as the ag college. Like they all they had all the um, the classrooms and the farm out the back and everything like that. But I guess it's not feasible to keep that structure um, around a big lumpy asset. And so lead ag, we took um, the very best of Hay Inc, which is basically the whole concept of their program, and implemented it in Central Highlands and Central West, where we yeah covered, we spoke with industry and figured out where their bugbears were when it came to skilling and what types of skills and knowledge that they would want young people to have coming into the industry. And that's kind of where Lead Ag came from. So we piloted back in April 2022 with one uh, week block in Emerald. And that kind of touched on all aspects of ag from cropping, um, livestock handling, uh, ag tech, rural and remote first aid and things like that. And so we ran that week program, which um, we so- – like surprisingly, I guess you could say, as a pilot program, received a lot of interest. So we had 66 applications with 10 positions. And so based on that and that feedback, we knew that we were on to a bit of a winner. And so, uh, yeah, we worked really hard as a non-for-profit to seek funding for the 2023 program. And we managed to uh, confirm, uh, we managed to secure all of our funding through the um Queensland government, the federal government through the FDF and also the local buying foundation and they funded the 2023 program. So we launched that back in January of this year and, yeah, had 136 applications with 12 positions and we expanded this year's program to be in, uh, so three one-week training blocks, two in Emerald and one in Longreach and then that way we were able to expand the sessions uh, and cover more, which was, yeah, essential because whilst the week training block was great, um, the pilot training block was great, it was just far too short. Like the were, the kids were doing way too much and they weren't – it was good to get a taste and see what we were really getting into, but it wasn't um, – yeah, we weren't able to cover a lot of the skills that industry wanted. It's a really amazing program. I mean, we just had Chloe on two weeks ago from um, she's on the committee for Hay Inc. And um, I know Sandra Ison, who is the founder and runs that program, um, really stumbled onto something uh, fantastic in the model mm-hmm. of learning in that way and, you know, pr- really providing young people an opportunity to come get some hands-on experience in a really safe and supportive environment um, and at, at a pretty low cost, uh, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. So for you guys as well, it's pretty low cost for the participants, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there was a $500 buy-in and that's really, for us, it was just so they had skin in the game and incentive to return um, because, yeah, it was run since with Hay Inc. Was, uh, the Hay Inc. program is run with 18 to 25s, whereas Lead Ag currently is run for 15, 17-year-olds and we are expanding to an 18 to 25 program, which will be run in 2024. Um, yeah, so it's running their school holidays. They've got a lot of other commitments to do. So we wanted to make sure that if they were selected, it was something that they did attend because we didn't want them taking up positions of others that could. Um, so, yeah, there was a $500 program fee which covered, yeah, travel accommodation and catering basically. 
And I know from having spoken to your some, some of your alumni that they come from all over the place. It's not just from the local Emerald area. Do you want to talk about some of the geographic coverage you've had? Yeah, of course. So um, in the pilot program, we had students from all over Queensland and one in New South Wales, whereas this year we had students from Queensland, New, New South Wales and Victoria, which was pretty spectacular to have a 15-year-old from Victoria keen to come up to Emerald for um, a week training block. But, yeah, so our students were from all over, which is great to see. It, I think that it just shows that there is such a demand for a program like this. Like there is obviously a gap there. Um, and a lot of them don't necessarily have a lot of ag background. A fair few of the students that were finally selected didn't have any um, background at all. They had been to a friend's place that had a hobby farm or something like that, like no real um no real, I guess, family ties, which is a lot of the um, ag industry these days. There's a lot of generational ties. Um, yeah, so it is. it was really great to see such a diverse range of people that were interested. And I think we really need to capture that and make sure that they keep following that and make it as easy as possible for them too, which I guess that goes to another key aspect of the Lead Ag program. Whilst it is, I guess, a training and education program, another key part of it is just that, network building with the mentors and peers because without those um, connections it's hard to make that pathway into the industry because whilst we like to think we are an open industry um, it can be pretty daunting to tap into. Yeah you're right I mean I've just spent all week talking about this with people at the NFF conference and the fact that Um, yes, there's plenty of opportunities for young people to get into agriculture, but it, they're not necessarily that visible for people who are outside of our industry. And the pathway to get in isn't prescriptive um, and it probably can't necessarily be to an extent. However, I think programs like yours, programs like Hey Inc. and my Ag Career Start program, it creates that you know, that first step in the door just mm. to know that, hey, I can go through this program, I can go through this pathway and I'm on the journey to getting a career in agriculture. Um, yeah. And so I think it helps a lot, um, which is really cool. And, I mean, it's only in its inf- infancy now, but I think it's exciting to see where some of these guys who've gone through lead ag, um, where they'll end up in the years to come and just, you know, what a difference three weeks on program can make to someone's journey in agriculture. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's phenomenal. Like we even had students from this year's program reach out to the mentors and go back and do work experience with them on the other weeks of their school holidays. So it's amazing to see that they really just did need that foot in the door or that just that little, I guess, confidence boost to go, well, I do find this interesting and I do want to pursue this as a career. Um, yeah, and just, I guess, get that helping hand to take that initial step, which can, we're talking about teenagers here, like it's very daunting for them to, um, yeah, take that initial step. So. Yeah, and working with 15 to 17-year-olds, I mean, I can only imagine the conversations that went on in your office when you were <laughs> prepping to put the first cohort through and then bring through the second cohort. You know, they're young, um, you know, for many maybe hadn't left too far from home before, um, you know, and Emerald's not necessarily just down the road for a lot of them. So um, that must have come with, I'm sure, so many challenges, but at the same time, how rewarding. Oh, yeah, it did, definitely did. And I think it you worded it very well just then it's incredibly rewarding I I guess at the end of week three it was very bittersweet to see them go but they were a totally different group of young kids like they came in in week one not really talking to each other a bit quiet and coy and um the questions 
weren't really like we were prompting them with questions because they were so um I guess nervous and shy but but by the end of week three it was hard to keep them quiet and yeah it was great it but yeah definitely did come with its own challenges <laughs> yeah absolutely and it sounds like the farmers sort of rise to the occasion as well in terms of coming and providing that mentoring and networking as well yeah oh no they definitely did and it's amazing to see like I guess a lot of producers aren't given the opportunity to teach um but it does come second nature to someone with so much passion of the topic and I guess it's what they do day in and day out and they um when given with the opportunity to share their knowledge a lot of them loved it like it was they their faces would light up their bodies would light up it was um yeah so it was quite interesting to see especially because growing up in Emerald I knew a lot of them which is I think um came in very handy when I had to twist their arms to convince them to be involved initially because it's yeah that it was foreign to them as well um but yeah they really did they got they got as much out of it as the kids did I, I would say yeah and do we know for any teachers who might be listening to these young people sort of listening to this who'd be keen to give the program a go what are the dates they should look out for when should they be preparing to apply I would say follow the Chirrut Facebook page um, and or sign on to the Chirrut newsletter because that's where all the information will be uh, put out first. Uh, hopefully the program will be launched in uh, January next year, which is what we did this year. So, yeah, I would just say keep an eye out on the socials and newsletter. Great. And, Meg, you've obviously you have just left Europe um, to move to Gundawindi, but you're still hanging around in the background from what I understand, which is great. So what what then is the next step for you? What are you looking forward to doing? What are you trying to get into doing? Um, yeah, what's the big picture look like in the future? Uh, it is such a big question, I guess, Kayla. It's funny because it's being 17 and being unsure what you want to do, I kind of feel that at the moment, to be honest. Like I left um, – a pretty like a, my career was going in a certain direction um but yeah this step definitely has been a bit of a sideways step I'm not going to say a backwards step um but yeah I, I really I didn't realize how um much passion I had for education so I probably would go could try to keep moving in that pathway but um yeah definitely staying in ag or even the research side of things I find really interesting so yeah I guess trying to exp- explore some of my other interests and if anyone in the northern New South Wales area has got work for a very passionate young person, <laughs> I know Meg would appreciate you reaching out. But um, I'm sure you'll land on your feet and find something absolutely fantastic because I know you're so passionate about uh, working in the industry and fostering young people. And wherever you find yourself, I know you'll you'll make it make it go of it. So wish you all the best in that sense. Thank you. Um, on that note, Meg, a question I sometimes like to ask, especially for you who deals with young people, has been dealing with young people, um, what do you think it is that agriculture has to offer young people? What is the key selling point for someone young? Oh, so much. It is so diverse. You could be, yeah, like if you are a math whiz, you can work in the Brisbane, you know, in the middle of Brisbane city and do something that you find absolutely enthralling and still be involved in ag or you could be out chasing cows like it's just so diverse um yeah you could do really whatever you're what you put your heart to I guess so that's what I love about ag it is so diverse and there's so many different you know iterations of different jobs and yeah it's amazing I love it and the community is just so kind and generous and willing to help so yeah I love it Meg 
it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you. Um, wish you the best. It's been a great, like, great to see the lead ag program moving into through, through its second year and hopefully onwards and upwards. Looking forward to following that journey as well. And thank you so much for, for joining me today. Amazing. Thank you, Kayla. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Generation Ag. We hope you loved it. If you did, don't forget to visit our guest bios page on our website where you can get all of their contact information. And if you have an idea for another guest in the future or a story that you want to hear, you can get in touch with us via our email, which is hello at generationag.com.au. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at generation.ag. That's Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And if you've loved this episode as well, you can share it with your friends on your socials and make sure to subscribe to us on the podcast app and leave us a review because that all really helps as well. Thanks, guys. Bye.